Hi, welcome to this week's episode. This time we are going to be talking about big pharma. This wasn't my topic, so I'm definitely interested to hear what Dan's going to share about it, but I'm still coming in with some opinions of my own that I'm excited to share. I'm Evan, and I'm joined by Anna and Dan. Yeah, so when we were kind of choosing topics for this week, I don't really know how this came to me. But I was just thinking, like, what's something that's, like, kind of controversial? And then the first thing that just kind of came to my mind was Big Pharma. I feel and like you are a- the resident biology major. True, yeah. And I have worked in the pharmaceutical industry. I know. Industry. Like, me yeah. and Dan are about to hop on here and obliterate okay, Big Anna Pharma when we yeah. both, like, yeah. like, I've worked in Big Pharma, essentially, my entire professional career. Yeah, say Anna's, <laughs> work, Anna's worked there three <laughs> times more than I have. They're burning bridges. <laughs> yeah. But, a job is a job. Money is money. Yeah, true. <laughs> but I don't know. I just feel like there, there's so many opinions, some rooted in like facts, some rooted in more just like morals, ethics, things like that. So I just thought it would be fun and kind of interesting to just get into that whole debate and all that so I guess just like starting off the bat before we get into anything specific if you hear the words like big pharma what comes to mind like what do you definitely negative connotation like big pharma that yeah that's not typically a positive thing it's I, I think it's just associated a lot with unethical practices and maybe like monopolies type of thing so that's what i was gonna say i was yeah. gonna say money i think yeah definitely i agree with that and like especially like just kind of with that like connotation i feel like when you put big in front of anything it automatically has like a negative <laughs> that's connotation that's well, i don't know what I else do they say. call big i'm trying to think what else do they call big and then insert like i'll literally add the word big in front of anything when i'm mad at that thing like like this what? Big, what are like, the other this examples? Is big water bottles at it again, causing well, a ruckus. Th- that's I not. Was... <laughs> that's just something you made up. I was marinating my food, like maybe like a week ago or something like that, and Evan just saw me like marinating and put the seasonings, and he goes, mm, "Big seasoning." <laughs> they got him. They got I him. never knew Evan did that. Is that new for you? I've yeah, never heard it's that. It's one of my newer catchphrases for sure. <laughs> Wow, that's gonna eventually like trickle down. Yeah, and then to we're you. All gonna say it. <laughs> that is how it works. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely have to agree. There's kind of like the idea of big pharma. I feel like when you see it in the media, you read about it, things like that. It's never really written in like a positive light. Like, oh yeah, thanks to big pharma. Like, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I can't even think of like a positive thing that they've done. <laughs> I mean, we. Can... Well, the I only. Think... Go ahead, Anna. The only positive I can think of is, you know, how people will refer to in like accounting, the top firms, like, like the big four accounting firms or whatever. And it's kind of associated with like, these are major companies that hire a lot of accountants and they're very prestigious and whatever. I mean, maybe if you were to say like big pharma and talk about kind of some of the leading companies and like, they're really prestigious and have good jobs and you know, this and that, but again, like nobody's really calling it that. I think though, I don't want to just make this a whole like poo-poo on big pharma, but I guess like with the pharmaceutical industry in general, I think we'd be remiss to just 
negate the fact that they do make a lot of drugs that do end up helping people. Sure, their pricing of it and things like that might not be morally right if that term kind of applies. But at the end of the day, they do make a lot of products that help people across the board. Let me ask you, so is Big Pharma responsible for good medications though like well also don't they say big pharma's pretty much responsible for the opioid crisis yeah they also have some (laughs) negative things you know i think we're focusing on the positive right now (laughs) i don't know you just brought i don't know you brought up something i i forget what you brought up even though you said it two seconds ago Yeah, because i feel like i've definitely heard that like i don't really know what big pharma's invented it's like well i think i think big pharma isn't necessarily the name that the industry is given though in general i think when you just sure. think of big pharma it's the pharmaceutical industry sure yeah. and at the end of the day they make a lot of products for like cancer for diseases we wouldn't have covid like, vaccines. i feel like i them. always hear things like, about like heart you know like heart medicine stuff like that well it's I think that's just, i've never heard i just that, feel like I that's think, like heart you know what i mean I, I don't know i think one of the big examples here is insulin I was. Gonna I say, know insulin for one is something that's but did big got pharma extremely. Make that? Yeah, so I think Eli Lilly is the company that like discovered insulin. I don't know if they're still the primary manufacturer of it, or like I don't know who makes it now. But it's one of those things where I don't know the exact numbers, but say it costs them six dollars a bottle to manufacture. They mark that up and sell it to the to people who need it, who don't have a choice, yeah. who will die without uh-huh. it type mm-hmm. of thing. If and I think they sell it for $50, like... $100 a bottle. So it's like, well, why are we marking this mm-hmm. up and like profiting off of people's illnesses and diseases that, I mean, you could argue whether, depending on whether we're talking like type one or type two, I mean, you could argue that the type two people, I'm sure people are going to argue, yeah, you know, sure. they put themselves in that position mm-hmm. or whatever, but, you know, regardless, it's one of those things where these people have no other option. So what are yeah. they going to do? Just, or, you know, I know there are stories of people who using the insulin example, they don't have enough money to afford it. So they take smaller doses and they're prescribed just to make the medication last longer until they're waiting for their next check or they, they just you know, like skip it some days or whatever, just because they, they can't afford it. Yeah, I definitely knew about insulin. I guess my question is though, like, are we just counting big pharma as anyone like that though? You know I what I mean? Ev- I just, I'm trying to know what we're going to talk about. Every, in the future. every drug that's kind of manufactured and produced is for the most part, I'd say from big pharma or the pharmaceutical industry so that includes like your over-the-counter drugs like benadryl claritin to all the things like covid vaccines and cancer medications like there's a really wide range of yeah i was gonna say that's big um i mean i'm sure the -the over-the-counter type stuff that's sold in the drugstores is marked up for sure but i think um a lot of these price markups are not are maybe more like prescription type things and not that insulin's necessarily a prescription but i don't think it's as common with over-the-counter medications correct me if i'm wrong i think that that's correct and there's definitely still a markup but i think they don't necessarily need to have 
as big a markup they want to keep the same profit margin just because there are so many more people who are buying those over-the-counter things than maybe getting those prescription drugs can i well ask? and i think also sorry to cut you no, off go ahead, something go ahead. like but something like insulin it's very much a situation where there's no substitute for that like an over-the-counter thing okay there's advil tylenol motrin store brands you know you could well that's why the prices are lower because there's that competition um yeah i don't know exactly why the prices are lower but with insulin you know there's not really there's no type of substitute so whoever makes it really is in this position to have control over the entire market and charge whatever they want to charge because there's nowhere else to get it if they don't buy it from wherever whatever company makes it you know you're gonna die so I think I'd be interested in seeing what happens after I don't know what company makes insulin I think Anna mentioned it before I didn't I don't know I only know that I'm pretty sure Eli Lilly makes where they were the ones who like made it first or found it first I thought I was under the understanding because I think Dan had maybe mentioned this to me before that I think drug companies maybe don't have like a hundred best-selling products i feel like they have one and if that one runs out they need something else so i feel like do -hmm. they need to charge so much so that when that one runs out and that patent they have some money in the bank and yeah so that's another part of the drug development process i don't know the exact number but it's for every x amount of drugs in development only one actually goes through to being able to be like prescribed to patients and that number is very high. So a lot of the times when we see these astronomical prices for drugs, sure, it's outrageous that this one pill or this one injection costs this much money. But from a company standpoint, they're putting millions to billions of dollars in these drugs that for the most part are going nowhere. So like, sure, they still have giant profit margins, but I don't think it's as giant as the average person would think, I guess. I think also, oh, okay. Just to backtrack, I looked it up, and apparently there's primarily three companies who are responsible for 90% of the global insulin market, and the big three companies within Big Pharma who make insulin are Eli Lilly, like I said, um, Novo, Nordisk, and Sanofi. I haven't heard of the last two, but... I haven't heard of any Yeah, of I mean, that's that's like three companies in the entire world who basically own the own insulin and you know there's no like we kind of mentioned there's no generic store brand type of thing and um this website also said that another reason why insulin is so expensive is because of like patents and stuff on i guess the i don't want to call it the recipe for the drug but we'll just call it that for a lack of a better term so, yeah, and I think that's also why this is able to happen because they get these patents. So it's like, yeah, legally, nobody else can make this because we have the rights to this drug and the ingredients and the research and development behind it. So that's another reason why they're kind of able to make it a situation where people have no choice but to pay what they want to charge. Yeah, that's an interesting point because that you brought up the patents for the little bit that I interned at a pharmaceutical company. I, Evan and I did take that business law true, class. Yeah, <laughs> but I was working with one team for just a little bit about one of 
this company's big products and how their patent was going to be running out soon. This typically for, a, I don't know if it's all drugs, but at least for the drugs that we were doing, a patent lasted 17 years. So for those 17 years, again, I was saying that recipe can't be replicated or anything like that. But when I looked it up for insulin, and I think this is maybe why it's a lot of under scrutiny, the original patent ended in 2015, but from the quick headline, that's probably biased in that news in a news article that I just Googled real quickly, it said that that patent somehow got extended to 2031. And then that's kind of what caused a lot of outrage because people would have thought after 2015, when the original patent expired, prices would have gone down. But maybe if they like adjusted the drug or something like that just a little bit, they could have renewed another very long patent, in this case, 16 or maybe that is 17, however many years it is. But so I think that's also too why insulin people are upset because the company's kind of taking advantage of the rules and regulations that the government imposes on stuff like this to Yeah, I'm sure there's a ton of legal loophole type things because there's a million loopholes for companies and whatever it seems. But I don't I don't know if this is correct, but I feel like I've seen um like action being taken maybe but maybe by the government i don't know if this already has happened or it's something that they're trying to make happen but um like capping the price of insulin so you know manufacturers legally cannot charge more than you know say 50 dollars a bottle so if it were kind of more regulated like that it would prevent them from marking it up to unreasonable prices Again, I don't know if that already happened or if it's something that people are trying to make happen. I, I I forget. Well, honestly, when we started talking about this, I was definitely thinking, oh, yeah, big pharma's at fault. But just thinking about kind of everything that I know, I'm definitely more mad at like the government when I'm thinking about it, just because, you know, I don't really blame the company for charging whatever they're going to charge, you know, that's capitalism. That's how business works. They're going to charge as much as they can. So I definitely blame the government for not doing things to uh, draw down those prices because that is completely in their power and they could definitely do that. So why aren't they also things with like, I remember hearing about like that other medicines in other countries are so much cheaper and that like Americans kind of make up the dividend. I don't know if that's the right word, but we we pay the extra cost so that- Like we other... make up the difference. Yeah, because yeah, just- Yeah, because... I don't think dividend was the right word. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so either. It sounded good though. But I feel like good just word. because we are that private healthcare system and all that, that just puts it at their will. And of course they're gonna charge more, you know? We have, we don't have yeah. enough government- I mean, control that's kind of just like a whole slew of other issues just the outrageous cost of healthcare in general um i mean i'm really not like an expert in the healthcare like field and i don't know how american healthcare works because you know i'm still my parents health insurance so you know it's not a problem i really had to deal with but i mean I think you had brought up the point, you know, why isn't the government doing more about this? And I think it's kind of one of those things like, you know, it's easy to think that the government could just intervene. But I mean, you've seen them with any sort of problem. It's just so slow and it takes so long. And also, 
I think a lot of people would get upset, you know, like the government intervening in business, you know, I don't think it's the government. I think a lot of there's not the support for the government to do it, which is kind of odd because the people are mad, but they're also not in support. But also, I think it's one of those things where, like, in the case of insulin, I don't know how many people have diabetes, but I don't necessarily think it's something that's, you know, super, super common. So it's one of those things where like, if you are not affected by it or you don't know someone affected by it, um, you know, in theory, I'm sure a lot of people would say, sure, that's great. Let's help these people out. But, you know, um, if you're not really exposed to the issue, you're probably not that motivated to do much about it. I think that a lot of people too, for better or worse, they have this mindset where it's like, oh, if the government regulates this, next thing you know, they're going to be like regulating everything and it's going to be like total totalitarian society, things like that. So I feel like it's also just kind of a fear of government having too much power because here, especially in America, people very much like having their individual liberties and they don't like it and some people don't really like when anything gets taken away from them in terms of like a choice things like that so it's just kind of interesting to see how all of this now with government does tie into this kind of smaller issue that we started with well getting into some of the kind of philosophical and ethical argument discussions around this because i think that's you really... <laughs> i'm gonna interrupt uh, okay. you because <laughs> i was, was so abrupt because <laughs> <laughs> before you get into the ethical thing i just wanted to say that i was googling what american satisfaction with their health costs were and i'm is this I'm, just like healthcare in general not necessarily it says drugs and stuff what, like that it says new high in u.s satisfied with what they pay for health care so take that as yeah, you will so, this is one thing yeah, that i'm looking at but it says them. it yeah. says 67 percent were satisfied in 2020 so i'm surprised by that number i thought more people were angry and not satisfied with yeah what they paid i for feel healthcare. like healthcare is always the biggest thing that's critiqued but that's all i think to say i think though that the people complaining about health care they're not necessarily complaining about it for themselves, if that makes sense. Because I feel like... Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Because I feel like the middle class, which makes up the majority of America, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd say most of the middle class probably gets healthcare through work sure. or just something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that they don't want to fight for people who don't have the yeah. opportunity to get healthcare through work. And also, um, I would say most people are probably fortunate enough to really not have any sort of extreme medical needs. I mean, most people probably just get their yearly checkup. Maybe they have some unexpected things here and there, but I think the people who really, really suffer with the healthcare system or like disabled people, people with chronic illnesses and those types of situations where they really do rely on specialized treatment and probably incur more types of expenses that are related to medical needs and stuff than your average kind of say like quote unquote healthy person and again that's probably the majority of people so maybe that's why so many people are saying that they're satisfied because they've never been in a situation where they've really had to Mm -hmm. fight these insurance companies and get in sticky situations Mm -hmm. get back to your ethical thing anna (laughs) um well i only brought that up because i think you had said evan 
that you kind of are blaming the government instead of the companies for this price scalping. Maybe not scalping. I don't think that's the right context, but just I'm, least, I'm okay with that word. <laughs> like price gouging. Yeah, sure. I almost would argue that it's the companies. I guess, you know, there's a lot of people to blame here, but I tend to lean more of the company. And I think it's kind of ironic that in all of these companies, global multi-billion dollar healthcare, pharmaceutical, whatever companies, their mission statements and their values are always like, we put our customers first. And, you know, it's so very much like, we just want people to be happy and healthy and we owe it to our customers and the doctors and all this and that. It's like, well, then why are you making it so expensive if you're really claiming that you care that much about the health and well-being of people? Then why are you making your products unaffordable and stuff like that? You know, isn't that a little contradictory? I think I definitely agree with you. And that statement of a lot of companies doing that is 100% contradictory. But at the end of the day, if there's nothing, I guess, like, sure, you'd think that morals would win this battle out, but most times they're not money. Money will win. Absolutely. So if there's, especially if there's no rules or really regulations that say how much something could be priced, I think that nine out of 10, if not 10 out of 10 companies, and even just people, if this was like at a, just a person scale, like they would choose the option to make more money. It's all like, if the company was going to lose sales because of morals, then they would lower the price, but they're not. So they're not, you know what I mean? Like it's all money. Mm -hmm. It's definitely a greed thing. I mean, I'm sure people would argue if they don't charge price, charge high prices. I mean, I understand that I'm sure it costs a lot of money to have the facilities to manufacture these drugs, to pay the salaries of the people manufacturing it, getting it out, doing everything that is needed to get that product out. But it's also like these companies make make so much money and are worth so much money, you know, lowering the prices is definitely possible, I feel like. And you might not make as much profit, but it's like, I doubt you'd be in a situation where you couldn't manage to run your business. You know what I mean? It's just like, how much are we willing to lose maybe 5 million in revenue to offer our products cheaper to consumers? And the answer is probably no, we're not willing to lose that much money, but it's just kind of a thought, you know, like for a company, a big company, a couple million is honestly probably like chump change. Well, something that surprised me just kind of with my experience with the pharmaceutical industry was that a lot of these big like Fortune 500 companies in the pharmaceutical industry, they don't do their own R&D. They kind of let other smaller companies do their R&D. And then once they think they've discovered like active ingredient or like a product, then they'll kind of buy out the company, fire everyone within the company and just take that product for themselves. So I think that's kind of a little icky, I guess, if that's a word to use. That just kind of shocked me that a lot of companies weren't even investing in their own R&D. So it's like, they're making this giant profit. What are you putting it towards other than buying out smaller companies who can't afford to really do anything to stop you? 
Right. I mean, it's not exactly what happened with the COVID vaccine. It's not Pfizer's vaccine. It's BioNTech's, but Pfizer kind of just slapped their name on it. And I'm sure this company got a very nice sum of money for their hard work. But and, you know, like yeah, no one a- had heard of Moderna before. So, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. not surprised at all that this happens on a regular basis. And I think I think we were talking about this in one of my business classes. And the reason this happens a lot is because like these smaller companies are able to pump out these new products and like do the research and development, but because they're small, they probably don't have the global supply chain set up or really the capability to get that product out uh, efficiently and stuff like that. So kind of by, we'll say partnering, because that sounds like a nice word for it. It kind of is like a way to get that product to people um, that otherwise may a, not be able to get out at all just because the smaller company doesn't have the resources or B, would take significantly longer to get it out as mm-hmm. that company tried to figure out their supply chain and whatever else. Because the big thing that all these pharmaceutical companies do have is the manufacturing capabilities, whereas a lot of these smaller companies are just even sometimes just labs, like they can't be mass producing this for like millions of people. So just another thing to think about when we think about the negative associations of big pharma. Well, I'm kind of just curious to hear your thoughts on just some of the ethical questions. Like, do you think it's fair for them to market prices? I mean, I guess you could, from a purely like economic standpoint, you could argue like, just the principles of supply and demand or whatever, or I don't know, do you guys agree with it? or have some other sort of ethical dilemma I think in mind? That, I think that it's kind of, I don't even know really how to describe it, but my thoughts is at the end of the day, they're not doing anything legally wrong. And more to Evan's point, I think that it should be up to higher institutions to regulate that as opposed, because clearly these companies on their own aren't going to do anything to bring prices down to help consumers who need their products so i think this has been going on for years if not like centuries i don't really know how long probably just years i don't know how long pharma's been around um but you'd think that by now there'd be some sort of government intervention so while i don't necessarily agree with how high prices are i don't think at this point anymore it's i can blame the company solely or solely blame the company if that makes sense well i just thought of this also i think the reason why there's a lack of government intervention or regulation is because something like insulin or other drugs like that probably go or process through your insurance. And there's a lot of private insurance companies. So again, it's one of those situations where the government is not going to step in to a private business entity and tell them what to do and how to run their practice. So, I mean, it's probably, like you said, there's probably not just some one person or entity to point the finger at. It kind of just seems like it's a culmination of a lot of bad factors. I think it's just like switching to the metric system. We should have done it a while ago and it's just too late to make changes now. Yeah. Again, I feel like I'm not really, it's not really the companies. It's more, as Dan said, the higher power, but also just the system, you know, like, that's just how things are going to go in capitalism. And I don't, I, you know, 
that this what's happening is exactly what I would expect without intervention. So like I, you know, is it morally wrong? Sure, but like I can't blame them. You know what I mean? Like that's just how I feel, I guess. It's kind of like the same thing too with how expensive colleges are. Like college so, is go ahead, yeah. I just want to ask, you know, if you discovered something, if you discovered a drug that cured cancer or I don't know, like just something important. If it was your decision, you know, would you mark that product up way more than, you know, if you know your pill costs $5 to manufacture, would you charge someone a hundred dollars for it? Knowing that, I mean, I mean, I think, I mean, aside from including the government and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, my question to you then based on the scenario is how much money have I lost in development along the way to getting this one drug or product? Because I think that's another kind of big thing to take into consideration. Like I forget who said it, but like pharmaceutical companies aren't just making one drug. And when they are making a lot, they're not all going to be like the best of the best. Like there's going to be some that are in a not so formal world word flops. They're going to be drugs that help some people, but it's going to make nowhere as it's going to make nowhere near as much money as it probably took to develop it. So I think that there are a lot of kind of factors that you have to play into it. And that question's not really a black and white answer. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, we can throw in a lot of like, we can blame it per se on a lot of different things, but I think it's just you know, the line between like business and capitalism and stuff like that and healthcare, you know, it's like, well, are we in this space to help people and save lives or make as much money as we can type of thing? And I feel like Mm. you can't have both. So I think part of my issue maybe is like, well, if we say that we're in it for the people and healthcare and wellness and this and that then shouldn't the money be secondary you know I'm not saying that the money is not important and I know that the money is what makes things possible but it's just a little like it sounds like you're using this whole like healthcare act to like justify things but that's kind of just my personal opinion and like I said there's a lot of factors yeah, to weigh in on what you brought up myself, then I guess I'm kind of torn because on one hand, I feel like Dan was bringing up this thing and I just felt like, oh, well, you're dodging the que- question, you know, and it's like any price, even if you charged one cent, that would be selfish, you know, that would be you not helping the greater good, charging anything, in my opinion, right, that would be you're trying to recoup, even if, even if you spent millions of dollars on research, you know, the fact that you're not giving it for free still means that it's about the money, right? Then, But then in that scenario, would the government be funding those Yeah, that's then? what I would think. Okay. Then, like, the government would chime in for that, you know, because I because I'm sure, Because I'm sure then, like, I don't have a doubt in my mind that prices within the pharmaceutical industry, they maybe wouldn't go down to free or anywhere near free, but they would decrease dramatically if they were subsidized or heavily subsidized by the government and i'm not suggesting that we give this stuff out for free or like take a hit on the Mm -hmm. or at least you know like 
I still want, like, think they are entitled to make a profit, you know, just not an exorbitant sure. yeah. markup mm-hmm. situation. Yeah. I'd be curious to know what, like, the average markup on just, like, an over-the-counter drug Let's is. Let's look I'm, it up. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> I want to look up the insulin one. I feel like I've yeah, you seen do it the insulin one. I'll takes just do, like, a few a dollars Benadryl. to manufacture that. For Benadryl, which is an over-the-counter drug, and again, not bashing this drug at all. I use this drug all the time for my allergies. It works very well. Um, but the markup for that currently is about a, I want to say, if something goes from like two to four, is that a 200% markup? Or is that a 100%? Markup? I don't know what you're looking at. What, I don't know. what do you mean? It like might be a four. 200% markup because I think, I, I honestly don't know. Like if it costs like $2 to make and they charge four. Uh, well, I guess it's a profit of. A pro- yeah, a, I guess that's a, a guess because you're doubling the. I don't know. Is it like a percent change situation? Yeah, I don't either, know. Either way, it was. It's it costs around twelve dollars to make it, and it it's priced around twenty four. So it's about doubled. <laughs> I think doubled is just a hundred percent. Is it a hundred? Because if you're, because are you, you're probably starting at two and then you're saying from there, it's a hundred percent increase, which is that makes two. We're really showing off how not <laughs> smart we are in this area. Okay. I found this insulin stuff. I don't know how accurate this is. And it seems like it does vary by specific brand, but basically it says a 2018 study estimated that one vial of human insulin costs between $2.28 to $3.42 to produce, which is actually really cheap. Cheaper than I, I even thought it would be. And it says one vial of analog insulin. I don't know what analog insulin means, but it says it costs $3.69 to six dollars and 16 cents to produce so okay it seems like there's different production costs and then the study also says that a year's supply of insulin could cost wait this like doesn't make sense yeah i read that same article and i was confused (laughs) but analog insulin though is just kind of a more rapid form of insulin it's made in the lab so it's it just acts they all made in the lab <laughs> well i think that from what i understand human i don't really know what human insulin is but i think that's more derived from like your own stuff like i don't really i don't this could just be a complete guess i'm not positive but i want to say that maybe they're injecting a thing so your body creates more insulin on its own that way whereas the other one might be like pure if that makes sense again i have no yeah. idea if this is true or not this might Does be the pancreas make insulin or is that totally wrong i think i so. don't remember no i thought it was the pancreas too and if i, I thought that the then i'm pretty sure we're all good okay. you're the biology major i know i'm literally in a graduate biochemistry class right now and i don't know this. but in all honesty i mean i know we kind of like talked a big anti big pharma game but I don't know I guess I really can't complain because I've been employed by that and I think I'm fortunate enough to at least in my opinion you know make a pretty good 
I guess it's, I don't, I don't know. I guess I'll just call it salary just for like a simple sake. So, you know, I guess I can't be too mad at it for that type of reason. I think we are ready to move on to our little issues and I'll start my little issue. I feel kind of embarrassed to say this, but at the same time, I'm very passionate about it because I genuinely don't understand. And it seems kind of idiotic to me why this is, but you know the terms over the counter and under the counter. I know Dan does because I've complained. I've never it. heard of under the counter. I've never it, heard of that in my entire life. Well, is there no such thing as under the counter? Is it only over the counter? I know under the counter can apply to people who get paid at jobs without necessarily paying taxes. You get paid under the counter. Okay. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how that would work so, for drugs. Like, what? What is the issue then? Well, my issue is that I don't understand why over-the-counter is non-prescribed drugs, right? That's what the term means, right, Anna? I guess, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, confused. I found, yeah. because... I found a definition for under-the-counter oh, drugs. I think I'm just confused at what you're even talking about right go now, ahead, like go the ahead, point Dan. you're trying to make. Go ahead. An over-the-counter drug can be purchased without a doctor's prescription. The same is true of under-the-counter drugs. But look out, anything that happens under-the-counter is secret and possibly illegal, much like under-the-table payments. Yeah, it's under-the-table, not under-the-counter when you talked about the payment thing, like being paid in cash. Okay, so there's no under-the-table term then for buying something at the store then. But there's still over-the-counter drugs. (laughs) But they're still over-the-counter. And I don't understand. Wait. Wait, now I'm confused. Because there's prescription drugs where you need a prescription. There's over-the-counter where they're legal, but you don't need a prescription. And then there's these illegal drugs. Like black market type stuff? Stop talking about the illegal ones. I don't care about that. I only care about (laughs) over-the-counter. I'm so confused with what you're even asking. Hold on. The -the (laughs) over-the-counter... Is the prescribed one? No, no. Over the counter, over the is like counter is, Yeah, like Tylenol. Okay. You walk and into the drugstore and you pick it off the shelf. Because I would think the over-the-counter would be the prescribed drugs. Because you can't get the prescribed drugs under or in the store. You have to get them over the counter. Like, like at, at the pharmacy booth? Yes. But when well, you're no, there, they have the, under have the counter on. is the Benadryl. That's literally where it is and stuff. You know, in gum. It's under the counter. I don't no, it's not. It's not by the register. Yeah, there's separate no. aisles. There's always right? an aisle for drugs. <laughs> yeah, but okay, you're at a CVS. You're at the cash register. What's there's under the candy counter? There's candy at the Hand, register. I'm just, candy exactly. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> over the counter is, like, the things that you need approved. But under the counter is anything you can take from the store. That's not how it works. And I'm just saying that's where I was confused because I don't understand why over the counter would be unprescribed. Isn't the prescribed also over the counter? I don't understand why you're making that. So this is not a lack of understanding. This is just you don't like the verbiage. I I don't like. You can get both over the counter. So why would you decide to make over the counter just the one you can get everywhere? You know what I mean? So it should be. I don't prescribed. know the history behind that term. Well, it doesn't matter. This is my complaining corner, and I'm saying it should be changed. I think I found maybe an you should write. Oh my God. Maybe you should write the FDA that. <laughs> I don't think the FDA gave these terms. 
over the counter adjective phrase over the counter is attested from 1875 originally of stocks and shares it seems like it oh. could mean two things um the stock is sold retail rather than through an exchange the exchange takes this place is the wrong by context. handing the stock over the counter rather than through a third-party exchange well, i think this is about the stock? in a financial sense yeah, how did that change? I think you had the wrong definition. Yeah, that was just over wrong the counter. Wrong context. <laughs> it's well, okay. you should look up over the counter Drug. and then like pharmacy oh. or, or something. The, there wasn't like a Google heading that came up. I'd have to click on an article <laughs> and I think we should just move on from yeah. this one. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm right. That's what it should be. Share it with your friends that, that we're all changing. Change that. approved. Yeah. I think we should start a petition. That's my thing. And I stole that from Cougar Down. So you can't say that. This is what I mean by the trickle down effect. Someone takes something from somewhere else because none of us are original, and then everyone else thinks, "Wow, this is so cool and interesting," and then it, it like just I mean, becomes normal. It works just, their way into the just like a sidebar. I don't know if we ever talked about like the origin of the name of this podcast ever, but like <laughs> it's called. I feel like just I think it was yeah. Anna said. Yeah. I feel uh-huh. like all the time when we first yeah. met freshman year, and, and then, then by the end of the year, all of us were saying i feel like before every sentence (laughs) the trickle down effect i guess i'll go next for my little issue and it's really not and i guess it's only an issue for me um but i'm really gonna put myself out there and expose myself today but i cannot swallow pills um you heard it right here and I, I know I'm not alone. Anna is a celebrity. You heard it here. I know I'm not alone, but sometimes confirmed. it feels a little lonely here, I not being think, able to swallow a pill. I think a lot of people can't swallow pills. I think you're crazy, and I think I don't understand why. <laughs> but I think a lot of people are in your boat. Yeah, I think they. I don't think they would have made all these liquid drugs. Yeah. If people well, no, that's like pills. for kids to target kids. But you know, when you get older, there's not. You know, like that doesn't really happen for adult medications. Okay, let me be a little more clear. <laughs> I I can swallow pills, but I have to do it with food. Like I can't do it with water, and I don't understand how people do that. You know, I can't. I don't know if it's a it's probably like a mental block thing, but I just can't. I mean, I've even looked up tutorials, and it's like this tutorial is so stupid. Like I'm not going to do that. Question for our bio major: Um, can hey. you? <laughs> take a pill and make it an unpill are you allowed to do that can i like what was the question to crush like, it up yeah, can i crush it or well, can i put it in water it dep- and dissolve it, it depends like, am i allowed the- to do stuff like that dep- it depends because sometimes within a pill they have specific drug delivery processes where it's mm-hmm. like oh like in the stomach acid like the outer lining will sure. break down and then this will happen things like that but then other pills it's literally just the concentrated it's all drug so yeah I know I've asked my mom before like oh like this big's really big can I just cut it in half and she's like like no you're really not supposed to do that but yeah, yeah I'm sure it depends mm-hmm. more in, on the individual drug but I don't know I feel like so far this not being able to swallow the pills you know it's been a minor inconvenience in my life but I'm just a little afraid that I'm gonna get into a situation where you know, I'm gonna be like I mean, on come, my yeah. on my deathbed, and they're gonna be like, "Here, take this <laughs> pill," and I'm gonna be like, "No, I can't, I can't." I mean, come like age seventy, we're probably all gonna have those Monday those to Sunday pill like bottles, pills, and yeah. gonna be taking pills every day. 
Also, like when you, I think it's when you turn like 15, you get your like colonoscopy. Your choices are you either have to take a bunch of pills or drink like literally gallons of this like chemical water. Yeah. Uh huh. So look I don't forward know. to that. I mean, you know, I think my hope is just that medicine advances by the time I reach that age. So they just come up with something completely different. But, and also, you know, having to use food as a mechanism to swallow a pill, it's just kind of an inconvenience. Like, well, maybe I'm not hungry right now, or maybe I don't have access to food. So, or sometimes I've, I've been like really full yeah, and I've been like, oh, would I have to take this eat pill. a single gummy bear. How can you not fit that in your stomach at any I know, point? but sometimes I'm like, oh, I am really full. Like, I don't <laughs> even want to eat one chip to swallow this. Why this is such an inconvenience. I would love to eat a gummy bear whenever well, have, the, have you ever tried is, it with like ice maybe like a small i don't know that chip. sounds Wait. stupid that sounds stupid oh, that's, that's a very it... interesting good idea yeah, I don't, yeah. ice i don't, I don't like, eat ice i know people do like ice cream and stuff too well that's the other thing people are always like if you like when people say to take a pill with food it's always like oh use yogurt or applesauce it's like that's worse for me like i can't i need you know like give me a, a chip or like something crunchy it doesn't make any <laughs> i know i because because i'm because, surprised that you can do that because yeah. like the pill's probably a lot bigger than the particles that you're chewing it to. i don't know i just can't like with the yogurt I feel the pill and it like will touch my mouth and it's like nope i can't do this anymore i have to spit this out and let myself refresh and try again in your defense I definitely for like a good part of my like childhood into adolescence I could also not swallow pills I don't really know what happened but at some point I was just like I'm gonna do it but like I was always like very pro like I hope like these companies make like pads so like I can just like kind of like a sticker so I can just like stick it to me and then I get all the medicine I need but I've grown past that since then I don't know and I, I don't understand how people take it with liquid. The times I have tried, has that has messed me up so much. I feel like if I ever get to the point where I can take a pill without food, I feel like I have to take it dry. Like uh, the, the water just, it, it just messes me up. I can't do that. That's it. I'm done. I'm not talking about this anymore because <laughs> I'm already feeling triggered. So then I guess moving to my little issue last week, I kind of talked about how I have to take all these like allergy medications because of like cats and all the things like that. But my problem for this week is that kind of a continuation. Why do all of these allergy medications specifically, why do they all make me fall asleep? Like, it's just kind of really annoying because like, and like, especially in like the spring when like things are like growing and there's so much pollen and everything like that. I usually have to take like a pill or something like that in the morning, just because if I don't always sneezing all day, but then if I take when I wake up at like eight o'clock or so by like 10 o'clock, I'll be falling asleep in class or at work, wherever I am. And I know that there's probably some reason why I have to fall asleep. I know it has something to do with like histamine or something like that. I'm, I've never really looked into it. That's probably on me, but I want someone to develop a drug that works and doesn't have ideally no side effects, but especially no side effects in relation to sleep is that one just, that's the side effect that annoys me the most. I can be like, have a headache or like be, I don't know if disease is a side effect, but I could deal with those. I can't deal with falling asleep. They make non-drowsy allergy medication. That's not new. I find that those don't work as well though. Okay. That's my question. You were talking about how it's, 
like intended for you to fall asleep? Like, are you saying the because I think, drug will I think have it, more of an effect, kind of? Yeah, I think it's like, I don't know exactly the mechanism of action, but I think for a lot of the sleep, the ones that kind of make you fall asleep, it has a different target target and then just kind of like a natural byproduct of that target being like bound to by the drug that causes some chain reaction that produces a molecule that makes you fall asleep okay and so i think it's that not that the sleeping helps it's that it's that yeah. the sleep is a side effect of that particular way yeah right like drowsiness is the yeah. side effect mm-hmm. yeah but it's, it's not, not like that, this pill's gonna it's not that a like sleeping you could easily take out drowsy it's that you need thing to happen which is always going to cause drowsy is what you're saying Mm -hmm. because i think the problem is with the non-drowsy medications is it has a different mechanism of action that in at least for my body doesn't work as well so i want someone to find another method that works just as well but doesn't make me fall asleep i'm sure big pharma will figure that out and charge millions for it or you can figure it out aren't you getting a phd in in a post-doc and a not this in and that in biology <laughs> that's so interesting dan though because i feel like everything makes every drug is drowsy you know what i mean like mm-hmm. my like i feel like that's mm-hmm. the popular like, choice you know i feel I mean? like a lot of the pain ones aren't drowsy yeah i mean like, like advil, advil and stuff is not drowsy yeah. i don't know i just feel like everything is yeah i'm yawning thinking about it <laughs> But well, yeah, I think that's... Benadryl is like notorious for mm-hmm. drowsiness, which is your yeah. drug of choice. <laughs> I don't know how you haven't built a tolerance to that. I yeah, honestly right? don't. Because totally. you uh-huh. take that so often. Mm-hmm. You probably it's take it more than the recommended. I thought that about Dramamine sometimes for me, where it's like, oh, how true. does this still work? <laughs> <laughs> Our bodies are wild. You really take it that often? No, not as much as Dan would. Benadryl, I think, but I think Evan takes it more often when he needs it, but I take it more c- consistently. Yeah, than Evan takes. Don't you even take it in the non-allergy seasons? Yeah, my allergies are the really whole bad. year is the allergy. Yeah, my allergies are really bad. It just the spring is like double or triple doses. Where like right now, I'm just in like a one pill a day type thing. Maybe you can get genetically re-engineered to not have those allergies. Yeah, I don't have that much money, but if I do fall upon a nice fortune, maybe I will do that. I think you should start a GoFundMe. <laughs> GoFundMe fix Dan's allergies. <laughs> but yeah, that was my little issue for the week. Maybe depending on next week's topic, we'll have another continuation of this allergy medication. Yeah, saga. I'm kind of interested to see how long you can <laughs> find ways to drag out this allergy topic. I'll find a way. It'll be back. <laughs> We've talked a lot about Big Pharma today. Hopefully you're walking away with your own opinion because I know I have my own opinion at this point. But join us next week when we talk about Halloween. There's a lot of different things to talk about. The costumes, the candy, the time of the year. So join us when we talk about that. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to like and follow our podcast on whatever platform you're currently listening to it on. Check out our social media linked in the description and tune in next week for even more advice. TTYL from IFL. Bye.